greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright. This is the video teaching series, How to Pray Like the Apostles Prayed. This is lesson number four. And in order to pray like the apostles prayed, we must give ourselves to prayer like the apostles did. Acts chapter 6, verse 4, the apostles said, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. <clears throat> the King James uses some ter uh, terminology that's, that's great for a little play on word here. Romans 12, 2, 12, 12 says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. We must be instant in prayer. That's not as far off as you may think it is. You may not, it's not as far from the truth as you think it is. Now, the word translated by the two words continuing instant is the, according to Strong's, the Greek word that means to be earnest towards, i.e. to a thing, to persevere, to be constantly diligent or in a place to attend assiduously all the exercises or to to a person to adhere closely to as a servitor or a servant. Uh, Thayer says that this Greek word means to adhere to one, be his adherent, to be devoted or constant to one, to be steadfastly attentive unto, to give unremitting care to a thing, uh, to persevere and not to faint, to show one's courage, oneself courageous for, to be in a constant readiness for one, to wait on constantly. Now, you get some idea here from what it means to be instant in prayer. We're going to give ourselves to prayer like the apostles did. This is, Paul is teaching us how he gave himself to prayer. Paul wasn't there in Acts chapter 6 when the apostles said, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer. And this Greek word translated continuing instant is the exact same Greek word, give continually. It's what we do. It's what we're called to do. So the idea of instant really is a very uh, a good word, constant is uh, a synonym. Uh, continually is a synonym. And sometimes continuously is a synonym. Because prayer time is whenever you're awake. You may not be consciously praying that entire time, but we don't have a prayer time and we're not seeking for a prayer life. The Lord's goal for us is to have a life of prayer. That prayer is our life. Whether it's conscious or subconscious, whether we're praying with our minds or with our spirits, or some combination of that as the Lord leads throughout the day, whether we're praying it cons consciously or subconsciously. Now, listen to various translations, uh, and I'm go only going to read the translation of that last part since this verse actually has three kind of separate things in it uh, where it says, uh, uh, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant prayer. So just for time's sake, 
I'm only going to read the translation of each one of these for that last phrase. Young's little translation says it translates it in the in in the prayer persevering. The literal translation of the Bible, according to Green, translates it in prayer steadfastly continuing. The modern King James version translates it this way: steadfastly continuing in prayer. The expanded Bible translates it this way, and pray at all times, faithfully, with persistence and perseverance. The Amplified Bible, the classic edition, translates it, be constant in prayer. The 2015 edition of the Amplified Bible translates it, devoted to prayer, continually seeking wisdom, guidance, and strength. The Bible of Basic English translates it, uh, at all times given to prayer. The easy-to-read version translates it, pray all the time. The Darby translation translates it, as regards prayer, persevering. Weiss expanded translation says, with respect to prayer, persevering in it continually. Weymouth's New Testament translates, earnest and persistent in prayer. God's Word translation, and pray continually. The common version, Webster's revision to the King, King James Version, continuing earnest in prayer. The common English Bible, and devote yourselves to prayer. And the contemporary English version says, never stop praying. We, uh, word studies of the New Testament says concerning the word translated continuing instant, to persevere, to give constant attention to a thing, to be devoted or constant to one, to be steadfastly attentive to, to give unremitting care to, to wait on continually, to be in constant readiness for one. Now, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The flesh says, I can't do that. Some people's flesh goes, I'm not going to do that. I got my life to live too. I go to church. I may pray in the mornings. I may read a chapter per day in the Bible. But I got to go to work. The rest of my day belongs to me. Really? The rest of your day belongs to you. Really? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice in it and be glad. Who made this day? Who gave you this day? Who gave you the life, the health, the strength you've got? No, the real problem is this. Whose will are you going to follow? Whose will? You know how easy it is to not sin when you're in prayer consciously, subconsciously all day and you immediately recognize if I do that, I'm going to lose this connection of prayer. And when you're in tune with the Holy Ghost and you live a life of prayer, whether consciously or subconsciously, whether it's in your mind or coming out of your mouth, it doesn't matter. The connection, the supernatural connection is there. Even if I'm doing something natural, I never want to be involved in anything that disconnects 
that supernatural connection. And if I do that, not doing my will and doing his will is going to be easy from this perspective because of that connection, because of my submission of my will to his will, my surrender to him. The grace of God is always working in me. It's always working. Now, speaking of myself, do I do this perfectly? No, but I've done it enough days that I want it. And when I sometimes come to myself because I realize I made a decision that took me in this direction and not saying it's a bad thing at all. I just did something that was my will. It was just, just, just a reaction before I even really thought it through. And the next thing you know, I go, wait, whoa, whoa. Where did my connection go? Why? That's why we walk in the Spirit. And Galatians 5.16 says, If we walk in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we walk in the Spirit. If we walk in the Spirit. Now, (laughs) walking is one step at a time. Walking is one step at a time. One step at a time. I don't have to know from God anything more than the next step. Except I need to know when to take that next step. Because when I walk with him, it's not just out there power walking. It's step, step, step as he leads. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You can't turn him on and off and expect to be what he's called you and I to be. We can't. We can't turn him on and off. Okay, it's time for church. Let's turn God on. Let's turn our connection on. We want to go in there and want to be a part of this service. It's going to be awesome. And and the service is over with and we go get a hamburger. And the next thing you know, we're not even talking about spiritual things anymore. We're just yucking it up, having a big time. I'm not saying that's necessarily bad unless it disconnects. Well, how does it disconnect? Uh, I'll tell you what. Just just be enjoying one another, just talking, having good time, fellowship, and had a great service. God moved. You know, the Lord moved on us, and so it's great. And you sit there, you're talking, and then somebody brings up someone who's not at the table, and you begin to talk. And even if you listen without protest, you don't contribute to the conversation, but you listen without protest. By the time you get up from that table, whatever connection you had in there anymore, it's not there. The scripture says for us not to be gossipers, gossipers and whisperers and backbiters. And if you're telling on telling something on somebody else that if they were if that happened to you and you were telling they were telling it on you and you would be upset. Huh? Now wait a minute. 
you're telling something on somebody that if you were in their situation and they were telling it on you, you'd be upset with them. And yet it's okay for me to do it. You know, or, or I, I need to tell you what's going on so you will pray with me about these people because they're in bad shape. Let me tell you how bad they off they are. And so I give them all the gory details and call it a prayer request. What kind of mockery is that? I don't have to tell people the gory details to request prayer. I don't have to do it. What's my motive for telling those gory details? It's not to request prayer. So, no wonder I get up the next morning. We feel after him to find him. He's not there. He's hiding because he can't go anywhere, but he can manifest himself or hide himself. And when he's hiding from you, you need to ask yourself the question, why? Because our sins and our iniquities, the exercising of our will contrary to his will, separate us between separate between us and our God. So if I get up the next morning after our little fellowship, we call fellowship the night before, which became a bloodbath for other people. And now I've spread the tale and somebody's going to go request prayer for that person and somebody else. Next thing you know, this is all over the place. And I get up and I can't feel anything. And then the feeling goes, well, I'm too busy. I, I can't pray today anyway. So then I just go about my day without prayer because he made it too hard to pray today. He wanted me to pray. He should have been there. Really? If you wanted to pray, you'd have kept your mouth shut the night before and not sat there and listened to that stuff. And I'm, I'm just using that as an example because it can be all kinds of things. Somebody could sit there and start telling off-color jokes. And maybe you don't tell any, but you listen. Maybe you laugh. You don't protest. Well, I don't want to embarrass them. I don't want to embarrass myself. So you embarrass your relationship with God. So it can be all kinds of things. It can be all kinds of things that I allow to disconnect me from Jesus. All kinds of things. This same word used to be instant in prayer is in this verse, Colossians chapter 2. Four, verse 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, wherewithal praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. A door of utterance. Another place Paul taught us to pray that the word would have free course. Now, are we even praying for the word to work? Well, it's the word of God, yeah. And it's the word of God working in an atmosphere, a spiritual atmosphere, where the adversary is the spirit of iniquity, the spirit of I'm going to do my own thing, not God's, and human flesh and human self-will are all out there as partners and cooperative efforts, and according to Jesus' teaching on prayer, we're supposed to be praying for the will of God as it's already purposed in heaven, 
to prevail in the earth. Do we pray that? Why does he need me to pray that? Well, first of all, I don't have to understand why. I do, but I don't have to because he said do it. Second of all, I have to, I need to understand some spiritual things. And those spiritual things are that there's a God of this world. And ever since the garden, whatever the dominion that God gave to man, Satan won it in a battle that Adam and Eve didn't know they were fighting and lost because they didn't know they were fighting it. So the authority and the dominion over the earth naturally that, that, that Lucifer exercises as the God of this world, the prince of power of the air, uh, Adam and Eve lost it. They lost it because they weren't discerning who they were talking to, who they were communicating with. What would have happened? if Eve would have just turned and walked away and said, not interested, what would have happened if Adam would have said to Eve, I love you, but God gave you to me and you're violating the word of God and I'm not joining you? What would happen? But neither one of those things happened, did they? She didn't walk away and he didn't turn her down. They both violated the word of God. And since that time, Lucifer has had dominion in the atmosphere of the earth. And yet here we are. We are his enemies because we are here to establish the kingdom of God spiritually in the earth at this time. That's our call. That's our purpose. The book is full of this. And yet we pray, you know, Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Talk of tongues a little bit. Uh, I got all these things. Take care of them. See you tomorrow. And when the church gets together to pray, how often is the purpose of that prayer that the church does pray together, or at least portions of the church pray together? How often is that prayer for the church service? Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to pray that we would be able to do the will of God and that God would have his way in that service, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just simply saying if that's the only thing the church gathers to pray for, or God, give us more visitors. Really? <laughs> Can you find that instruction for prayer anywhere in the Bible? Anywhere. Can you find anywhere in the Bible where they prayed for the church service? I can't. I don't know where it's at. If we're going to be followers of the apostles, we must put prayer first in our lives like they put prayer first in their lives. Read, listen carefully here. Even before the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 1, verse 12, Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes, 
Judas, the brother of James, these all continued, that's that same Greek word for uh, pray instantly. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. They all continued with one accord in prayer. That was before the day of Pentecost. After the day of Pentecost, this is what the scripture says. Acts chapter 2, verse one, uh, 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. They continued steadfastly, same Greek word, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Verse 46 of chapter 2 says, summarizing the day of Pentecost in that period of time, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. What were they doing there? What were they continuing daily with one accord in the temple doing? They were there praying and ministering every day. Continually, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness, singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. <laughs> you mean the Lord added to the church on the days we have church services, which, of course, Wednesday, Thursday night is not evangelistic, so count that one out. Uh, and Sunday morning or Sunday night, some have an evangelistic service on Sunday morning, but not Sunday night. Some have uh, regular church and Sunday school on Sunday morning, have an evangelistic service Sunday night. So, and, and so the Lord added to the church one service a week, such as should be saved. No. No. And how do we get in that position? Well, can I suggest that it starts with neglecting prayer? when it starts with limiting the role that prayer covers in our lives, can I suggest that? Yeah. So they had major revival, Acts chapter 2, 3, 4, 5. But in chapter 6, something different was going on. Oh, yeah, something was different. It says... Uh, Acts chapter 6, verse 1, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples together unto them, called the multitude of the disciples unto them, and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, Brethren, look ye out from among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. Now, how many great men of God don't have time to pray because they're so busy with the business of the church? How many? Verse 4 says, we're not going to do this so we can go on vacation. We're not going to do this so we can hunt or fish or play golf every day or invest in the market every day. We're going to do this 
so that we will continue, verse 4, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And they're saying, please the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of the Holy Ghost, of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenius and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set forth, set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them and commissioned, ordained them to take care of the business. And the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. Why? 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 I'll tell you why. Because they made prayer the priority. Made prayer the priority. We'll give ourselves continually to prayer. Now, because many believe you're not praying unless you're locked away someplace on your knees, they don't think they can do that. But when the Bible says pray without ceasing, it can't mean that all of us who are children of God, sons of God, part of the body of Christ, aren't supposed to do anything all day but be on our knees. It can't possibly mean that. Now, do we need times every day where we put everything else aside and we are just connected to and communicating with the Lord and getting his direction or whatever? Ideally in the morning, yes. That connection, that positioning, that direction, uh, that we need that every day. That's the way we start our day. But we maintain the connection when we get up from there and we pray without ceasing, whether consciously or in our spirits. We stay in connection with Jesus and we continue to pray all day. This is what the apostles did. And the title of this series is How to Pray Like the Apostles Prayed. Now, I realize from a religious standpoint, we don't think this is possible, do we? No, we don't think it's possible. And it's sure not desirable to our flesh because our flesh doesn't know what it means to be alive. Our flesh doesn't know what it means to live in the presence of God where it's fullness of joy every day. Our flesh doesn't know what it means to be positioned in God at his right hand so he can exercise his power and authority through us where there's pleasure for the conduit every day, just knowing that he's in control and I'm, he's working and doing that and I just get to be the conduit. There's pleasure in that. True pleasure, lasting pleasure, no guilty conscience. We need a revival of apostolic commitment to prayer. We need a revival. And to have a revival, we've got to repent for the way we are praying because you can't have revival without repentance and rededication, reconsecration, renewal of our place in God, a forsaking of all the missteps and errors and things, the little foxes we've allowed to spoil the vine. We can't have revival without that. We need a revival of apostolic commitment to prayer. And closing this out, let's talk about Paul's commitment to prayer. 2 Timothy 1.3 says, I thank God from whom I serve with my, from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. 
And then he admonishes us to pray like him. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, I've quoted already, pray without ceasing. The Amplified says, be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly. The Amplified Bible 2015 edition says, be unceasing and unceasing and persistent in prayer. Why? Because Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth surpasses is superior to all understanding shall keep, guard, preserve your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. What are these requests that we can make known to God? The request is, I give this to you, Father. I cast it on you. I give this to you. I cast it on you. And I give you all those things that are troubling me, that are causing me to be full of care and anxiety until I have peace because they're all surrendered to you, Father. I cannot cast my care without also surrendering my will because casting my care is giving up control over these specific things to God. So it's not really enough to just give me to him. I have to live that I've given me to him by giving those specific things that would want to trouble me because my cares will block my connection with God and disconnect it if I hold on to my cares. I don't have time to teach that. I will teach it in the future. It is absolutely, the Bible's full of that. And Paul, this is exactly what Paul is saying. Be careful. The Greek there is don't be full of anxiety over anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And when you live like that, here's what happens. And the peace of God, which surpasses, is superior to all understanding, like the answer to the questions why, shall keep, guard, preserve your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you pray like Jesus taught the apostles to pray and like they're telling us to pray, and you give up your grudges, your sins, your cares, and your will to God, You won't need all that medicine that you're having to take for your heart and your mind because you'll have peace and you won't have stress and the high blood pressure will be gone and you won't live under pressure another day the rest of your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that God will give you and I a revelation of what it means to have a life of prayer, to pray without ceasing instant in prayer, to be always available to God, to speak out whatever he wants to speak in prayer in my language or in in English or in, in tongues, in the language of my mind or in tongues as he prompts me either way to be yielded and available to him. I pray these things for you and me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you.